everyone. Welcome back to the Notre Grow podcast. We are here with the debut episode of season two, episode one. We are so excited to be back. I'm your host, Dr. Ivan Khan. To all of our regular listeners from season one, we absolutely welcome you back. We're so excited to relaunch season two. When we left off at season one, we were probably month two or three of the pandemic. Our most recent episode was in May and June. We wrapped things up. And we took a hiatus. The world changed. A lot changed throughout uh, the last three years. And I wanted to introduce uh, episodes one, episode one's uh, guest host, my main man, Kush. Kushendra, thank you so much for uh, your time here today. How's it going? Going well, man. Going well, despite the crazy weather for the past two weeks, man. Is everybody healthy over on your place with that? We made it. We made it through this winter storm. We made it through all the uh, the bouts of sickness and cold. We got a few sick kids at home. As a lot of you know, this show will be focusing on a lot of parenting. I got two kids. My kids are now 10 and 7. They're both homesick from school today. My amazing wife, Nipa, is home with the kids today as I'm here at the office. How about you? How's everyone in your family with this cold weather? Everything's good. Everything's good. But the older family members are definitely feeling it down to their bones, man. Um, Luckily, today it was like in the 40s. So not too bad. Hope everybody at home is staying healthy, too. You know something? When you're uh, from a, you know, when you're from a different country. You know what really grinds my gears? Cold weather. Yeah. Especially (laughs) if you're older and you moved here. Yeah. And then you experience just a winter storm. It is not in our DNA at all for Ooh, this. You told somebody that's from the equator, man. I'm used to the hottest of a hot weather. Yeah, y'all got the equator. Y'all got the equator in the West Indies. You know, yeah. us Bangladeshis, we got the Tropic of Cancer. So yeah. we got uh, the, the, the two hottest parts of the earth. And now here we are dealing with the New York City, Brick City. Uh, but I do got to uh, mention, it is early February, mm-hmm. Super Bowl week. We saw LeBron break the record yesterday. We got a lot of amazing, fun things happening out there. Uh, and so we'll just, you know, get into the structure of the podcast. You know, we are an education, growth, and culture podcast. And, you know, we'll have amazing guests this season, too, for any of the, to break down our favorite topics. Uh, a lot of experts. I know you are a podcast expert yourself. You have your own podcast. What's the topic and how's that been going for you? It's been going well. Sports-specific, football-specific, giant fan new york giants podcast has been going well it actually benefited off the pandemic in a way because of this thing called self-learning ivan what you got for me about self-learning what do i got for you today mr kush we got self-learning grew by 170 percent throughout the pandemic can you believe that that's kind of crazy man 170 percent growth did you do any self-learning yeah like i said the podcast benefited from it i used uh, under completely underutilized, underrated resource YouTube to help me improve my podcast with editing and Adobe Suite. But I know that a lot of people they use stuff uh, like Masterclass mm-hmm. and Udemy. What did mm-hmm. you get done in I, terms of self learning? You know, I got my Audibles, I got my podcast. I did take a course. I, I it was online because no one was allowed to go in and meet yeah, people, yeah. so I had to virtually go back uptown to the Upper West Side. And I returned to my alma mater, Columbia University. Mm. This time, I went to Columbia Teachers College, and we got the old certificate in college admissions consulting. So I wanted to make sure. Impressive. Uh, thank you, thank you. It was uh, it was a really informative course. Uh, I felt like a guidance counselor all over again. Yeah. And it was, you know, there was a lot of work. Uh, it, it it didn't cost too much to. Uh, get the certificate from Teachers College. However, it required weekly readings of like papers that are like five, seven page academic papers, yeah. writing a term paper around it. Um, and, you know, it not only taught me a lot, but gave me the validation of having just, um, you know, a great professor from a great institution. Mm-hmm. But most how- of my learning has been yeah. self. Go ahead. I was going to say, how long was the course that you took? Oh, man, it was a 12-week course. I oh, had to submit at least... Uh, that's basically a semester at that point. So it's like a month short Totally, totally. Yeah. It was like a three-month course, and it was like every week you got to submit it. And uh, unless mm. you do, like, there's no extensions uh, on the deadlines, and you have I mean, to go yeah. through no matter what life's throwing at you. I mean, you should be used to it at this point, man. 
after all the after all the schooling is that yeah, what you're talking about? yeah like you went through med school and everything i feel like you'd be used to uh deadlines and no like you know you guys just got get it done get it done have time. you been to degree drive at constitutorial jackson you know, i might have passed it a couple might of have times passed it. Sure. while the teacher's college course did help me a lot um i think most of my learning was done through my audible I had my Audible subscription and helped me get through some great days and some bad ones too. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned a lot from my Audible. I'm really into nonfiction, more so like management, business. I've been reading a lot of biographies and podcasts. You know, my podcast rotations include anything about the Giants, uh, but mostly Knicks and some. You know, you, you've been you've been messing with Jay Shetty at all. Uh, nah, not really, not too much. I was just about to ask you though. You mentioned a lot of audio books. Yeah. Did that lead to discovering a potential new favorite author? Oh, freaking great question, bro. Great question. I just, I, I think I just really enjoyed different people's biographies mostly. Yeah. Because that, it, it, it's a great balance of a person's story. I like having a role model look up to and reading about them and so I've, you know whether it's richard branson nelson mandela uh learning uh from cheryl sandberg from lean in mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot of parenting books about autism and uh adhds which we'll be talking about mm-hmm. so i'm sure there's going to be a lot of episodes on our mount rushmore of podcasts but just uh before we go into the next section are you messing with podcasts or uh, audible more or um, like it's it's definitely a mixture for sure. Big Blue Kickoff Live for uh, my Giants stuff. Giants podcast is one that I look forward to a lot. In terms of a book over the pandemic that I got into, I got into a book franchise, really. Um, oh, the Halo franchise, which I didn't know had books. Halo? Yeah. Like the video game Halo? The video like game Xbox Halo. One? Yeah, and on. the books are surprisingly good. You know, you think for like supplemental material to a video game and just be like, eh. But no, nah, they're like really well thought out. Definitely recommend for any sci-fi readers out there. Uh, that's you. I mean, how much do you got left? You finished the series? Oh no, not even close. I only got like five or six done, and there's like twenty something. All right, at them. least you're you're part of something. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I know we're gonna have a lot of episodes this season on our favorite books, um, whether it's education related, culture, growth related, and podcasts, of course. Uh, you still commuting? What's your commute like nowadays? My commute is an hour to school, 32 here, or an hour, depending if we're in Flatiron. What about you? The um, driving. Yeah, so I've been driving, as you all uh, may have some of you seen the photos. You know, before my drive was straight to our Sutfin office in Jamaica, mm-hmm. but now we're driving regularly to What was, the, what was the time to get to Sutfin? Uh, dude, that was like 25, 30 minutes, and yeah. that was like... I'd listen to like season one. Oftentimes I'd like do a taping and then overnight Farhan at the office would have it published. And then shouts to Farhan, our executive producer. Like he'd schedule it or like he's, uh, he's telling me he's in the it. office. Uh, we'd, and he's uh, we'd be scheduling it. it from the office. I'd be yeah. driving. Um, so it's it's been wild. I mean, the commute thing we're going to talk about, but I do want to talk about education just a bit because, mm-hmm. you know, throughout education, um, there has been a lot of learning loss. So that is something that we've been focused on at, at work, at cons. Uh, you know, we had a latest, uh, you know, NEPA, you know, everyone knows uh, my wife, NEPA, shouts to you. You know, she wrote a, her latest blog post on the Fordham Institute's uh, report, this, this big report on the impact of uh, COVID on achievement and accountability in education. Mm-hmm. So this is something we've been reporting throughout COVID, um, learning loss. And from every single source, learning loss has reached as much as 30% or 40% losses for yeah. many communities, for Latin and uh, black children, for under underrepresented minorities and uh, new immigrants and first-gen immigrants. That could be as high as 60 70% learning loss. So, um, And even though we're like, two years removed from when a lot of the shutdowns happened and stuff, you're still seeing the effects even now. I remember for one of these shorts that we made reading that the average in math drop was like 37%, which is really crazy when you think about it. Like if you were to just round up to 40 and you don't even need to because 37 is a big number. It's just average across. That's really big. 
that does grind a lot of people's gears, man. What do you think about that? I mean, I had to I had to mess around with our new soundboard again. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's it sucks, bro. I mean, I mean, I'm a, I'm a child of two math teachers. When yeah. I see math levels drop, it makes me like furious inside because we're a math family, the Khan family. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad, the late Dr. Mansoor Khan. Uh, math was his forte. It was his bread and butter. Boom, boom. So when I see math drop for kids, uh, and I know math can bring a lot of anxiety to a lot of children, mm-hmm. and that's something I hate seeing. Um, so when I see those numbers go down, it sucks. And when, when whether it's due to race or socioeconomic status, uh, with lower income families, you know, feeling the brunt of it uh, due to the devastation of COVID or to missing school. But this article, this blog piece that that Nipa wrote, you know, it's you know based off this huge article, um, this 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 paper, this this you know academic paper, uh, so to speak, from mm-hmm. Fordham Institute. And it talks about the No Child Left Behind Act. And, you know, uh, that did come around uh, during the time of George Bush, uh, the second one, George Bush Jr. And there was, uh, it tied student results to school accountability. And this entire paper showed that since it was actually the Obama administration that had repealed uh, the uh, many, many aspects of No Child Left Behind, where uh, things like achievement and accountability in education were starting to disappear again. And, you know, I'm a, I am I voted for Obama twice, and we're not getting into too much politics here, mm-hmm. but there are so many aspects of education that's nuanced, and it's yeah. not just a red thing or a blue thing, you know? Yeah, like, even, even without getting into the politicking of it, mm-hmm. when you're talking about uh, repealing parts of it, that's like accountability, and you mentioned achievement as well. We're talking about taking away the merit is that what you're saying yeah i mean it's like no child left behind tied a student's merit to their ability to um move on to the next level or to ensure that the school is receiving the appropriate amount of return support for helping teach the kids Mm -hmm. so if you if if a school wasn't doing well teaching the students perhaps that school was not going to benefit as much so the higher performing schools were were um you know being rewarded for that. And there was just more of a tie-in of accountability to student achievement. And, you know, you've, you've been seeing a lot of these shorts and uh, we've gotten to the point where principals are hiding certificates. Yeah. How did that make you feel? Because you, you are a video yeah. lead. You saw some of that wild-ish that was going I on in Virginia. It. Tell us, I'm the how one putting it, I'm the one putting it together for the audience, man. And I, in a way, I see it more than you guys because of how many times I have to go over it for editing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that just it kind of hammers it in my head more or hammers it home more, I guess is the correct thing to say for it. And it's like, only bump your mic gain. And um, it's, it's sad, but the thing that comes to mind illegally is how are some people not going to jail? Like specifically when you talk about hiding scholarships, yeah, uh, hiding scholarship opportunities, hiding, um, just search awards. For like it's, that's straight up illegal. Like that's something somebody earned. I don't know if it could be considered property, but it, it is theirs, whatever it is, and you're Agreed. keeping it from them. Like it's disgusting. Is it honestly is. What it, it is, dude. I mean, imagine, imagine how much it helps a child's confidence whenever they win something. I mean, you've seen my son Ian win his first place in his. Uh, Pinewood Derby car mm-hmm. and you know he was having a lot of anxiety and has a lot of difficulties at school but since he won thanks to his mom making mm-hmm. this amazing Pinewood Derby his confidence shot through the roof when his teachers tell him you did a good job confidence spikes when your teachers telling you you're you know you can do it you you belong in a, in a great school or you can make it to that magnet high school or your Ivy League material it really matters for children. So if the opposite's happening and it's happening to first generation immigrants, you know, clearly there's a lot of work to be done. And, you know, I'm, I'm certain there'll be a lot of episodes mm. on speaking about, you know, how we can in, ensure merit while um, improving equality, uh, you know, and, and better outcomes in education. In the school merit. system, yeah. So, you know, another place where things... Moving on to the next topic, uh, really, really shifted in this country is higher education. Higher education is ex- still expensive. That hasn't changed. It, you know, before pandemic, the average cost of private university was anywhere from 40 to 50 for some of the mid-tier, you know, universities. And that's just 
you know, gone on to 60, 70 per grand for some of the, you know, upper echelon of the, mm. the swankier uh, colleges. So with that, bottom line is due to the pandemic, there's been a loss of about 3.3 million students from our college uh, campuses. Big shouts to our uh, producer, Mr. Farhan, for pulling up these amazing metrics. We have basically a 20% loss in undergraduate enrollment. What do you think that means? Have you seen this on your campus? I've definitely seen it because, um, and first off, I guess, let me start off with, I understand why there's been such a big loss in terms of uh, whether it's enrollments or students need to take time off from college. When you have what happened with the pandemic where everybody has to stay home and we know there was a huge loss of jobs and we already acknowledged that before the pandemic, just going to college or university was extremely exp- expensive and unattainable for some people. You add on top of that that now you have to stay home and a lot of people lost their jobs. It's like, just logically, yeah, how are you going to pay? You can't pay for college. Yeah. And on top of that, the quality of instruction at colleges has dwindled because they've swapped out a lot of expensive courses. They're charging the same amount, mm-hmm. but it's all remote. Yeah, And they're still charging the same pricing as the previous... Uh, I would definitely know. say like... And, and this is by a, I guess, class-by-class class basis. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, I would definitely say for a lot more of the difficult classes, speaking as a computer science major, yep. the 300-level courses, I would much rather have in person. To me, it the, the you can't do the same job as a professor in terms of teaching and explaining stuff with yeah. some of those higher-level courses over a Zoom or Google Meet compared to, like, just doing it in person. So I would agree with that if that's a little bit what you were talking about. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I want to keep things... I mean, I think there's a time and place for certain courses that can benefit from a remote structure. Yeah, that's almost a class but by like, class. Some yeah, 100 can, level, yeah, or yeah. 200 level, or an elective, or... But like 300, 400 yeah, level, I'm like, like yeah, come on, man. Junior- so yeah, um, speaking of higher education and you revisiting higher education with Columbia College, or Columbia University, let me correct myself. I know that you went to NACAC uh in 2022 so just a couple months ago what is that first and foremost and what were your takeaways from it it was my first NACAC conference national association for college admissions counseling uh once i completed the course at teachers college for like guidance counseling high school to college transition Mm -hmm. uh you know you're familiar with the Khan foundation scholars program um we wanted to make sure to you know validate and keep learning everything we can about college admissions so Conference is wild. 6,000 people. Ooh. Conference center right across Toyota, like right right above where, Toyota where Center. Houston. Houston. I'm, I'm above like the Rocket Stadium. Toyota Center's right there. Great uh, food. 6,000 people. So you had college admissions offices from Baylor, NYU, Boston College, UPenn, Penn State, Stanford, across the country, every single gosh darn uh, college admissions big team and you small. can think of. Huh? Big and small, medium size. We have people. Places from New Zealand. We have colleges from Scotland come out. Oh, so there's some international. We had some international like mofos up there. It was it was wild. So we also had top high schools, Brooklyn Tech and Bronx Science. I saw some at a college at a college admissions thing. The the top high schools sent Mm -hmm. their college admissions leaders to network and to find out what the colleges are looking for. So. You know, colleges have lost a lot of enrollment. They've lost about 18% of their enrollment. That's 3.3 million students. And shouts to our executive producer, Farhan, for these stats. So to have that much loss, um, you know, and a lot of that concentrated during pandemic, colleges are scrambling to fill their seats uh, across the board. They're trying new admissions criteria to boost enrollments. SAT is going digital. Some places are looking more for um, ex- extracurricular activities. Some colleges are experimenting with test optional. Uh, again, that can help a lot of legacy kids and those who have two parents you know, from these colleges. But the entire higher education landscape will become different. So mm-hmm. with that, that wraps up our education section for um, you know, episode one. We'll, we'll hear from our sponsors. And uh, we'll be right back with our growth section. We believe that every child should have the highest quality education at the lowest prices. Constitutorial is back with in-person and live digital classes for students in grades 3 through 12. Our programs help thousands succeed through small class sizes, 
top diagnostics, and free parent workshops. Join us for specialized high schools, SAT, state exams, summer programs, regions, and college admissions. With 30 years of experience and incredible results, families trust Cons as your number one tutorial. Call us now for your free trial class. Welcome back. We are here, episode one, season two of the Nutter Girl podcast. This is your first uh, podcast with us, Mr. Kush. We are in the, officially in the growth section where we'll be talking this season about all the different ways we emotionally grow, physically grow, when you're working out for your gains at the gym, your mental health growth. But we will talk a little bit about knowledge growth right now. Um, as you know, to a, uh, I'm, a, I'm a very, very proud father to two exceptional children mm-hmm. we're all wild in my house we're very very neurodivergent there's there's no such thing as normal in the con household uh neuro there's no such thing as typical excuse typical. me let, let me let me let me, let me rephrase no, normal, that yeah exactly so we are very atypical and we've been learning a lot about our journeys so i'll start the stage with our daughter's 10 i think at age seven our uh you know she was uh diagnosed with ADHD formally by a physician and mm-hmm. um, that you know opened up the doors for me to you know explore my life with undiagnosed ADHD you can catch a great medium article about it and with our son a lot of you have seen uh, he's seven and a lot of you have seen his videos uh, his mom's been an amazing amazing uh, caregiver and leader uh, to our son and Mr. Ian, uh, this little guy, um, is seven now. He was uh, diagnosed with sensory processing disorder, which we'll be speaking a lot about on this podcast. And uh, that was at age three. And now by age four, he was finally properly diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. Um, oftentimes, it was known as Asperger's, the way he presents. But we will be speaking about that. And, um, so- you know... Over, the, yeah, over in the education section, we're talking about you read a great, great deal amount of books that help you uh, gain new knowledge in terms of now growing. And I guess learning and applying anything that you did discover over the uh, over the pandemic. Was there any books that caught your eye? Uh, I got to start with the first one that really helped my family realize exactly who our son was so if you're a mom out there if you're a father out there and you're wondering about how or what's going on with your child in case there's something uh you know just different enough or or quite different across the spectrum a parent's guide to high functioning autism spectrum disorder um we could really relate to it you know ian is very very fortunate our son ian to be verbal he's able to use his language skills I had to go through a lot of speech therapy, but that it it really taught us a lot about seeing the perspective of what not only his presentations are, but how similar and unique it can be for anyone on the spectrum Mm -hmm. and all the other parents and all the other caregivers. So that's the number one book I'd recommend to, and I continue to recommend to any friends who are on this journey to find out if their child may be on the spectrum. Uh, the other two, ADHD 2.0, really helped me. The NEPA, my amazing wife, actually picked this up. What's the 2.0 for? 2.0. Um, maybe it's just ensuring that there's a, a great question. I think the 2.0 is like a modern take on it. You know, like in the past, I think when you were neurodivergent or you were different, there was a stigma. It was almost, it was the person's fault. Um, and I think the the new science behind it and just to understand um there have been a lot of studies done over the past few decades with yeah. uh, around people with ADHD. I was going to say uh, when was this book published if you know. This is this is recent. This is in the last 5 to 10 years and but this version is. Yeah. This you know duo of doctors Hallowell and Rady They've been dropping this book for a few versions for over some time like now. Like editions of a textbook type version? It's like editions of like just like a, a good nonfiction book. So yeah. that this book probably took me six hours. But get this. Nipa picked it up to learn about our daughter. Mm-hmm. But reading it, after page two, she's like, holy, sh- this is describing my husband to a T. Yeah. So she's like, you got to read this. This is absolutely uh, sounds like you. And... You know, without without any judgment, you know, like I got to read this and it was really important for me because I was able to forgive 
any of my shortcomings, you know, growing up, whether mm-hmm. it was any bouts with anxiety or any challenges with focus at school or any time when the spike when my father was sick. Um, this book is really important for those, and I like to call it fast brain, not just ADHD. And of course, Differently Wired. I think, Before we move on to Differently Wired, yeah. though, who would you recommend ADHD 2.0 for? If you're having trouble focusing um, more, more so than your peers, uh, or if you're having yourself more readily distracted, or there's so many symptoms that someone with ADHD can present with, but you know they're usually um, you know rapid thinking, uh, thinking from one thing to the other, uh, not being able to stick to one particular topic. There's so many physical ways that it can manifest itself as well. And I and and my man Kush, I know we're gonna have some deep dives into there's gonna be a whole series of the many many episodes on ADHD oh, yeah. I mean, and I'm, autism it's yeah, gonna I'm be diagnosed with ADHD as well so I so you got diagnosed by a by diagnosed th- yeah huh? by a doctor yeah oh, how old are you when you had when you got it I was um 16 yeah was, yeah 16 or 17 and yeah. then did you find yourself learning more about it or taking on uh particular steps to just manage it more um not necessarily, I'll admit that I wasn't necessarily proactive with it. I just kind of took the medication of whatever the doctor prescribed for yeah. me. Um, recently, though, I've been, I went on several like uh, medica- medica- medication cleanses, if that yeah. makes sense. Where yeah. it's just like, I took six months, completely got off it because I just wanted my body to get back reset. to reset. Yeah. Want to avoid the, the term normal, but it is still a whole bunch of chemicals going into your body. I want to just cleanse it of that for a little bit and what's helped me focus and this is case by case basis this is different for everybody it's uh really getting out more and it's so funny that we keep coming back to the pandemic but obviously because yeah. of the pandemic, you're stuck in your house more it gets really easy for a lot of these things That's to ramp thing. up when when we're going through psychological stress of like the solitude and the loneliness that's affected so many of us Mm -hmm. even if you have like even if you're fortunate to have a wife and kids and 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 you have a great relationship with them thank gosh it can be really lonely and isolating you know that type of change to your schedule and that's when a lot of these things can get worse Mm -hmm. and um i'm actually in the opposite journey Mm -hmm. i've never taken adhd medication but i'm this book breaks it down so well like i self-medicate with coffee for my Mm -hmm. focus and I try to limit it to two types, two cups of coffee a day. But what if the side effects of coffee are greater than the side effects of an ADHD medication? Yeah. So there's Ritalin. There's I was going to say it's it's so different for every person that yeah. I know people where coffee makes it worse. As yeah. opposed to, it's like it's really a unique thing per for each person. For each person. So finally, differently wired, it it kind of brings it all together. So if you're a parent. And then, you know, uh, this amazing, uh, you know, mom of a differently wired individual who's also twice exceptional. Mm -hmm. Twice exceptional is the term uh, given to gifted children and oftentimes gifted children and twice exceptional children. Um, Life isn't easy for for people that are twice exceptional. It oftentimes presents with a lot of behavioral challenges and a lot of executive functioning challenges. And it's really uh, helped me embrace uh, the way that people are wired differently, and whether it's ADHD, autism, or anxiety, or sensory processing disorder, or any of the above, it's really, really critical that you know we're able to understand how it's. It's not a person trying to be defiant or yeah. trying to be careless or just disregard you. It's, it's really the way we're wired. Um, and you know, you know, moving on to the the next topic, the way we're wired can shift. You know, we'll, we'll let, let's jump into the remote life, uh, you know, pandemic huge explosion, in huge that explosion of that. I mean, we had um, work from home increased from nine million to 27 million people, um, you know, so that became about 20 percent of the workforce uh, became more and more work from home permanently and mm-hmm. not just um, an effect of the pandemic or during the pandemic. But now with about. Up to 40% of people working entirely from home now. What the heck are we doing in the office, bro? Like, do you like working from home more or do you like working at the office more? Because I've had a taste of both. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. I've I've also had a taste of both. And I definitely will say it depends. 
um, not only on the person, but like on the job, right? So yeah. like obviously there's some jobs where it's just like it's impossible to do from home. But for the ones that you can usually over a computer, right? I don't know, man. It's I would prefer if it's a work like a workspace that's hybrid where it's like you could come in some days. Mm-hmm. Like there's the office space is there for you it's to come for in. For you, you in case to. you need. Yes. In case but you need you're to escape. Also, you can work from home as long as you have a legitimate workstation set up and like you know it's approved by your boss and everything so it's like i'm Does definitely the toilet a hybrid count person for dads who hide away from their children and their families just to get just know, to set a laptop in there there's a there's a there's a study that came out dude that had um dads in britain mm-hmm. spend up to 7 hours a year just to hide away in the toilet uh, <laughs> from their kids and their and their families and i'm like yo that's probably gotta be seven hours a week they can't be only seven hours a year that man you're stuff hiding stuff out is different there. over in britain man it could be a, it could be a year it's the it's all that fish and chips i tell you that's yeah. that's just giving them in the show. but you yeah, know i would i would definitely yeah. say hybrid i'm definitely hybrid to know what you say but like real quick uh like with the hybrid thing i'm glad more companies are moving over to it if that makes sense i'd have to estimate that right now you know we have two platforms at our parent company at our at our sponsor company consultorial mm-hmm. and uh and you know I, I get to be the ceo there and i think on estimates we have maybe 70 percent of our company is purely remote mm-hmm. and and that uh, was a change you guys you had to adapt to it when the pandemic hit oh yeah so like real quick reflect on that i guess before we get back to that it was wild man topic. you know you spoke about uh having in- immunocompromised individuals at home mm-hmm. and having had a sick father for like 10 15 years with immunocompromised states we as a company had closed down one week before the doe had mm-hmm. there's no way we were gonna let a single person get sick at consultorial um, and we wanted to make sure we did not have a single child getting sick, as passing it to their parents, passing it to their grandmas and grandpas who who live at home. Mm-hmm. We're very, very culturally sensitive to the way that folks live, and we put the health and safety of all of our staff and families first. Um, you know, we had to rebuild a lot, and you know, we're still rebuilding. With we're back at four centers now, one in New York City. Uh, but we're just, that's definitely going to be something we'll speak about in more detail as far as um, the steps we had to mm-hmm. take. But you know, now that it's fast forward three years, I've come back in person, and NEPA has led our uh, work from home uh, side of things. So that's worked out for us. Yeah. Um, as a natural extrovert, I do enjoy working outside of the house more. As someone who likes to be hyper focused on their work. Without as many office space interruptions, my wife Nipa enjoys the remote learning experience, uh, the remote working experience. Um, but again, like to your point, as the weather changes, I see her uh, oftentimes like looking to you know join me for a trip to the office yeah. at least a couple of times a month, a couple of times a week even. H- hybrid is the way to go, but it's not yeah. so. It's not just the weather. Sometimes it's just like as a human being, you need that change of environment every now for and then. Sure. That change of space, like you. It's just your brain needs it and you need to get out every now and then. That's why I'm like hybrid. That's that's I need almost every company. We, to that we do get two sites. Yeah, we get to go to New York City and yes. we get to go to Jackson Heights. So yep. is there any mood that makes you want to go to NYC versus the mood where mm-hmm. you want to stay back home and Jackson Heights a little bit in Queens? Well, we have four offices, but NYC yeah. and weekdays are spent in New York City and Jackson Heights. Well, I, this is just complete bias. I like I like NYC more because it's just a nicer area. Heck yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, it's just the a food, nicer area. The food, the vibes, the scenes. The, the actual setup in the office as well. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. We, 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 you know we're going to be definitely having some podcast episodes out in New yep. York City. So uh, we got to talk a little about the economy. When you talk about growth, um, you know, when S&P 500, the top 500 companies will talk about the markets a little bit. Uh, it was at 22.37 around March 2020, and it really took off. It just kept growing. It just kept going. The market did really well throughout the pandemic. Certain companies did really well. Small businesses um, were suffering and closing yeah, down they, left and right, there was while that closed down. the market um, was just growing. Maybe it was all the the extra cash that was pumped into society. We had mm-hmm. the you know a lot of the stimulus checks. 
And then it started taking a turn. You know, we saw that by uh, fall 21, it started coming back down. Uh, there's a lot of talks of a recession. Um, you know, there will be episodes on the economy. And we'll speak to some experts in the financial field. Um, anything you want to share about this before? Um, Not necessarily it? share, but more of a question, I guess. Just mm. what do you think about that? The the ones that were hit the most you mentioned were those small businesses, whereas like you saw tons and tons of them. They basically had to shut down. And it's this really, really huge, like multi-billion dollar corporations are really profiting yeah. from all of that. It makes you it makes you realize and remember like um it sucks being a small business owner ourselves mm-hmm. um we know the the pain of seeing your business disappear overnight due to a global pandemic. I mean you guys were on the ropes and then like we said the adaption happened. Oh yeah. And yeah. You, you, I mean small businesses had to adapt and we were very very lucky to still be fun, you know operating but you know early on when we when you drive into the city, you'd see it's a ghost town. Mm. When you go to New York City on a Thursday, it used to be a popping night. On, on Thursday night at 9 p.m., it's almost a ghost town. Uh, I mean, popular areas. You could even say that a little bit now because they make a lot. Of, they make a lot of places close way earlier. Way now earlier. Everything's the earlier. So yeah. it's like small businesses, restaurants, the food industry. It's it's been really hit hard. You you don't want to see. You know, companies like Amazon take it all up because, you know, you want to have a little bit fairer uh, competition mm-hmm. in the marketplace. Walmart as well. Uh, you know, Walmart is, is their only rival. You got Walmart, Costco, and Amazon uh, fighting for that top spot. Yeah. And on the tech sector, you got a lot of that tens of thousands of jobs being laid off. Oh, yeah, that's just recently, too. Yeah. So the question on people's minds will be, has the market bottomed out? When is a good time to get into uh more investing you know should you start you know open up some funds and just you know auto pay mm-hmm. you know 500 a month a thousand a month whatever expendable income you can afford uh, a couple hundred dollars a month even there even here and there uh until this climbs back up or will we continue crashing so that you know that's been a big topic of conversation is the recession here is it here to stay will it happen uh so we'll we'll, we'll keep everyone up to date on growth and with that, the growth section, you know, we talked a little about various types of growth, uh, work from home, reading growth, and the economy. And I can't wait to talk about culture for our final section. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. We believe that every child should have the highest quality education at the lowest prices. Constitutorial is back with in-person and live digital classes for students in grades three through 12. Our programs help thousands succeed through small class sizes, top diagnostics, and free parent workshops. Join us for specialized high schools, SAT, state exams, summer programs, regions, and college admissions. With 30 years of experience and incredible results, families trust cons as your number one tutorial. Call us now for your free trial class. We are back with season two of the Know to Grow podcast, episode one. Uh, we are, you know, sitting in some historic times, Mr. Kush. We had... Yep. Some amazing uh, records, uh, an amazing all-time record being broken by LeBron James. One that a lot of people thought was impossible for to break because of how long it stood. 40-year record, and the only person who could have, who held it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was, you know, known as probably the greatest player uh, to transition and, and be part of both the previous era and the more modern era in the NBA. And for Kareem to play practically 20 years of healthy basketball um you know and now lebron to do this at a younger age mm-hmm. and for lebron to get this while averaging 28 points wow also he did it in less games than kareem way less games i mean he had the benefit like of the three point right yeah he had a, he had the, he had the benefit of the three point shot because kareem only took one that is true that is and true. so i gotta i gotta ask you you know we all we're all seeing the highlights this morning on our social media where were you I how was, were you feeling yesterday what happened i was watching it live i was with the other um la trackers yeah as well i'll say yeah. we, we were the la trackers tracking down which game is the most likely that he was going to do it. How was and the attraction? Was the attraction good? It was pretty good. I feel like everybody like nationwide that was observing, they all came to the conclusion, all right, it's going to be at home because it has to be at home for, you know, 
not Staples Center anymore. For, I think it's called Crypto Arena now. Crypto Arena. Yeah, it's, it has to be home in LA. And it was, you know, it was against the um, the OKC Thunder, mm-hmm. which a lot of people at first you look at, you're like, it's not that poetic, but it was the first team he won his uh, first championship against, was against the Thunder. So that's a little bit of uh, poetic. Hey, you got a little you. bit of... Uh... Yeah. And then Kareem, a I little didn't even, throwback yeah. to Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. I didn't even notice until Kareem said it. He was like, "It's so fitting that his record got broken by somebody that was born the year he made the record." LeBron was born oh. the same year that Kareem set that record, um, which I don't know off the top of my head, oh, but man. I'll take Look Kareem's word for it, right? Well, you know, he was 38. He had to score 38 points as a 38 year old yeah. to reach 38,380. Something points. 36. 36 points. Yeah. And, so it was and he like scored 36 in 36 minutes. 36 in 36 minutes. Yeah. Wu Tang entered the 36 yeah, chambers. We, we talked about he did it in less amount of games, but also this should have came a lot sooner because when LeBron got to the Lakers, he already hit the, uh, he had already by then surpassed the 30,000 mark. And that's when he first started getting injuries to his groin. Uh, so he actually missed quite a bit of time. He, this could have happened way but earlier. At the same time, LeBron is one of the healthiest athletes of our of our uh, generation. Yeah. Thank gosh, we got to watch him, and he's 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 really you know he came out at the same time as D Wade, Carmelo Anthony, um, and the legendary folks like Chris Darko Militant. Darko, Darko, Darko. So oh, we all, man. you know, it's it's he's been a pleasure to watch. He's been a very very positive. Uh, my my kids freaking love LeBron. Yeah. But I know um, that you are a '90s person. So. I'm a '90s person, so I'm 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 not saying that Jordan's better. So I'm I'm saying that it's a one and one a. They're both at the table, mm-hmm. and I I gotta say that you know having owning the all time scoring record can maybe get you close that gap by a lot because mm-hmm. the only the only gap that they had was the two championships. That's it. So what? And and his career is not over yet. So right now LeBron is. At the table, he's, he's probably he's already extend you know, that record for God knows by how many by points. a lot, by right? a lot. So, it's, do you have a uh, starting five, a greatest starting five, or, or your favorite starting, your time? favorite starting five? Oh, favorite. Yeah, who's at the table with you, or if, or or, or do you want to do the greatest? The same, it might be the same. Let's do greatest. Let's, Let's do greatest. greatest at the so start. Yeah, greatest we, at the at the table. Starting at five. center, we have to start off, or I guess the five at center has to be Shaq. To I don't think anybody. In the history of the NBA, was as dominant he's as he was in his prime at that position. Not Wilt or Hakeem. Maybe Wilt. Like Wilt actually comes to mind just because he was a legitimate genetic freak right, in nature, right? right? So uh, we Hakeem got Shaq for you. Bit, yeah, I'll, who's I'll go your, with Shaq. Who's your Who's your uh, power four, forward on four. this? Huh. That's where it's like, like Let's technically, can you technically put Kareem at the four because he had. I don't like know if you could put Kareem. You could put any other uh, dude at the four, right? but Kareem got to be the five because he he's, he's the, the sky hook. Yeah, he got to be the sky hook five. But so. like that, I feel like that's what maybe you could make him pull him out because, to the yeah, because you could pull him out oh, wow. to the range and the deep two. So you a little got bit. Kareem and Shaq. But, but I'll say for argument's sake, I'll leave him out and I'll put somebody that actually was for. I'll put Dunk. Tim Dunk yeah, Dunk, absolutely super underrated. So, right? And we got LeBron and Mike at their three and two. No, I got LeBron and Kobe. LeBron and Kobe. So the reason I go with Kobe over Mike. So you you could have an all Laker team. You could, you know, you could have Carmelo and the Laker. You could have Carmelo and the Laker, and you got Magic as your one. You could have all Laker. I didn't know. I didn't realize you're the Laker fan, bro. Uh, Nah, but it's just I'm definitely not that that much of a Lakers fan. But I guess it shows like how much pedigree they have in their history. I guess. Oh my god. But yeah, LeBron and Kobe at the two, and at the point I'll have Steph. I think he is the greatest point guard of all time. Um, See, you got you have such a. What are, you, what are y'all, millennials or Gen Z? What are y'all Gen call Z. Y'all, y'all Gen Z? I'm, I'm like the oldest it gets for millennials. I don't think any Gen Z I'm other a- than myself would actually have Duncan in their lineup, though. Nah, you, they wouldn't. They'd, they'd, have, yeah. they'd have like Zion Williamson or someone like that. Yeah, same thing with Shaq. Like, they'd probably go... They'd go with... The only per people in here that like they'd really choose would be Braun and um, Steph. Because a lot of millennials would choose Kobe over uh, uh, MJ, too. I gotta go greatest. I gotta go greatest, right? Yeah. It's wild because I, even though I I lived uh, more through the Magic era, I gotta give Steph Curry that nod. I gotta mm-hmm. go Steph Curry. I gotta go Mike Jordan. Uh, LeBron at the three. I gotta go Timmy Tim Duncan at the four. I gotta go Hakeem at Hakeem. the five. My brother from the Masjid, Hakeem mm-hmm. Olajuwon, and I'll I'll do Kobe off the bench as a six yeah. man. Uh, so that's our table. But it is Super Bowl week, and Ooh. you are a football fanatic, and you have your own podcast. 
How are you celebrating the big day? Do you have a favorite in this amazing <sighs> Chiefs versus Eagles matchup? Well, I don't know about amazing. I, I don't know any New Yorker that could call this an amazing matchup because the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. Uh, you might have to retract. Next question. <laughs> he said, screw that. Forget but, those Eagles. Oh, F man, those I Eagles. hate the Eagles so much. And, like, if you guys, like, know football, you understand why. Like, there's no reason for me to have any love There's for no the love Eagles, for, this, for right? the Eagles. Even though, yeah, I can begrudgingly admit the way they've built their team and organization is, like, everybody should strive to do. Like, they were in the Super Bowl four or five years ago. They got rid of Carson Wentz. Replaced him with Jalen Hurts. Developed Jalen Hurts. Very rapid uh, rebuild. So quick. Very right? rapid rebuild. But obviously, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Like, no question, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, definitely the best quarterback in the game today. Chris Jones, second best at his position. One of the best defensive uh, players in general in the league. But um, I have a really, really bad feeling that the Eagles might come out with a win in this one. I don't know why. Their defense, Ivan, is beyond I know, stacked. but what are you going to do on the bet? Are you going to put any bets down? Because the, the sports betting industry, this just in, my producer Farhan, he got the latest figures, $53 billion in this Ooh. country. $53 billion. I got a little FanDuel account with $430. I do a little really? just $15 a, just bets. You know? A schmidge. Yeah, my kids are like, Dad, are you gambling? I was like, it's a, you know, it's a $15 bet, you know? But, um... So, who would you put your money down on? I don't even know. I, I, I got to go for the prop bets. Maybe I'll have some Super Bowl halftime bets. Yeah. Maybe it'll be a bet about the Rihanna halftime show. <laughs> if maybe Which, she'll have some guest I'm appearances. I'm so glad she's there. What if ASAP Rocky shows up? Or what if, like, maybe those will be my bets, yeah. you know? Uh, my my fantasy the, football squad yeah. would, might, might be coming over for the game. I know the betting some. industry is up a lot compared to, like, 15 years ago, I'd say, right? Oh, yeah. Because of just. It's almost legal in a lot, like almost every state now it's legal, right? Who's your favorite betting platform mascot? You got my man from Breaking Bad. You got Jamie Foxx. You got the dude from Curb Enthusiasm. You got, uh, like, everyone has a betting platform. The one I've actually used is DraftKings. Yeah. um, Because I don't bet that much. But mascot is the question. Or spokesperson, right? Yeah, who's the spokesperson? I gotta go with Caesars. They have the Manning Brothers. You can't. Oh, Caesar's beat that. got Manny Brothers. Oh, you can't. Beat I, that. I should have remembered that. I should have remembered that. If we're talking just sports spokesperson, yeah. you're not beating the duo of Peyton and Eli. Like, it's just not happening. They're just too good together. And their production company, oh, you better watch, Peyton and Eli better watch out for us. Because they're coming <laughs> after that. Monday Night Football on ESPN 65. Just tune in. And we're going to be breaking down. All yeah. the, just, and you know, just keep going on Payne, all the other duos. Payne got a lot of awards, man. But you got the Oscars and awards season in mm, general coming speaking up, Speaking of man. which. Yeah. Do you what watch you movies got? anymore? I do. I have to. We keep coming back to the pandemic. Um, it's just had such a big effect on our lives. I do, but not as much as I not used as much to as before used to. the pandemic. So, yeah. There was this wildly funny uh, skit on SNL. Nipa and I, we love SNL. And it was like, they had grownups. Like, and they're like parents, right? They're like name five movies you've watched in the last 10 years and like no one could like yeah because it's like they've either seen all the marvel movies like five years ago or four years ago when yeah. they peaked and everything after that people are just too busy They're watching netflix yeah. we, we the pandemic is kind of disrupted or like, our movie or it's like you're watching with your kid but you're not necessarily paying attention too much because no, no. it's it's sonic the hedgehog 2 is one of the was yeah. one of the biggest sellers of the last five years. And oh, but that's I, I watched that. That's I sure. I love the Sonic adaptation. They did a really good job with that. If you're talking about video game to movie adaptation, oh, yeah. gotta give credit to them. They so, were amazing. Here we are, grown ass people. We're watching cartoon movies, mm-hmm. whether either children or superhero movies or MCU. But like those Oscars, yeah. Oscar winner movies. I mean, they're they're still out there. When's the last time you not... watched a movie that you would consider Oscar worthy, like, like an Oscar yeah. picture? Probably like fifteen years ago, right? Or like five, six years ago when like Fences and a few of those other But But I got to ask you this. This this might be, I guess, a little controversial question. Would you say you haven't seen it just because of what we already talked about? No time, pandemic, whatever. Or would you say you haven't seen it because they're overrated? It's being a parent. Being a parent? Yeah. As, okay. as, as soon as I became a parent, I we could not make time to watch movies no yeah. more. Like the one movie we got to see was like uh, the first... Batman Begins, mm-hmm. and it's like since then, the man of movies, uh, a husband and wife can actually make time to see together. 
it's like less than a handful. Mm-hmm. In my household, if we have free time, we're we're going out to eat, we're going out to reconnect, we're going out to have some good food in the neighborhood or a, a good restaurant. Mm-hmm. The movies are not the place for us to like mentally reconnect. So, yeah, but know, Batman Begins is a throwback. Can can you oh, believe yeah. it? 2006 is almost 20 years ago now. We're just three years away from it being 20 years ago. We got to have a Christopher Nolan episode yeah. on the Notre Dame podcast. I, we just yeah, speak about thing, ranking our favorite Christopher yeah, Nolan Yeah, talking about movies. throwback, that is a superhero movie, but it was also a very much an Oscar-worthy movie, and they're not necessarily synonymous anymore, you know? Not and, necessarily and I know you. I know you got the scores, Hans yeah, Zimmer. Maybe we Hans should play Zimmer. some Hans Zimmer on the way out of the first episode <laughs> of season two. Um, to all of our listeners, you know, you've been listening. We had a great, great conversation today just to set things off. Wanted to get a chance for all of you to kind of get a feel for what we've been up to, um, whether it's education through uh, what parents are looking for, the best resources for your kids, um, what's going to happen in the college admissions arena to your favorite books for parenting, especially if you have children that are uh, neurodivergent like um like i have or in my household and we always want to make sure that you know post pandemic with the new world order of things we are making the best use of our time we, we don't want to waste time you know while i have a commute and sometimes i can drag that's when i'm popping you know putting on my Notre girl podcast mm-hmm. so all of you commuters out there i hope you're uh, listening to this part and i hope you're you know part of our journey for season two um, hope you make a lot of money in the stock market if you've been watching Bloomberg Live and MSNBC and the right finance shows. And of course, whether you're a LeBron fan, MJ fan, watching the Super Bowl this month or getting together with friends or getting ready for the Oscars or some comedy with your family and friends, you're going to find it all. We're going to be discussing it all. We're going to have a great time this season on the Notre Grove podcast. If you are a guest from season one, Open invite to all of our season one guests. We we are reaching out. Can't wait to have you all back and catch up on how things have been going. And like we always like to finish um, to all of our listeners, always remember to pay it forward, folks. Always remember to pay it forward.